Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're here to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. How, wait, does Audacity have a limit on how long your recording can be? I thought it was like a two hour limit or something. Yeah. Oh my God, a two hour limit. <laughs> yes, God, a two hour limit. Um, I have no idea. I've never recorded for more than an hour, but um, at 940, I'll check. Okay. It Does it notify me of the two-hour limit? Do we just suddenly I never... We can, we can never stop talking about Animorphs again after the two-hour limit? Uh, we can never change back? I can always <laughs> half-screen this. Cool. <laughs> We're going to keep this recording under the two-hour time limit. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about Animorphs. Okay. Oh, God. What's up talking about? Not Named Yet podcast. Yes. This is really, really informal listeners. We don't even have listeners. We don't have listeners. Oh we don't God. have a name. What are we even doing? Just talking about Animorphs. We're just casually talking about Animorphs. Who are we, by the way? Alex. Oh, well, I'm Alex. <laughs> and I'm Casey. And we're people. Yes. Probably. That know each other. We do know each other through college. We, yeah, we met in art school. Yes. We won't say which art school for protection of privacy. It's like the Animorphs. We have to hide our identities. That's why we're never going to tell you our last names or where we live. Or other information. <laughs> or what city we're in. Or even what state. Or definitely not our social security numbers. Definitely not that. But I could probably give away mine. It wouldn't work out well for anyone. <laughs> Anyways. It would be no good. <laughs> it would be no good here. Anyways. Um, yeah. So we've been... We've lived together for many, many years, and now we're coming together again to talk about Animorphs. Yes. It will be good, I think. It. We've never <laughs> podcasted before, so this is... It will be something. It will be a thing it, that happens. Things will happen. Oh, boy. They might be good. Um, what is your history with Animorphs? Do you want me to go first? Yes, I do. Okay. So my history with Animorphs, um, if we want to go way, way back... So, Scholastic Book Fair, tiny little Alex, imagine her running into the Scholastic Book Fair, looking for, like, sweet erasers and things that are shaped like things they shouldn't be shaped like. And, um, I see this amazing looking book with, on the cover, some young girl changing into a horse. And if you know Animorphs covers well, you will know that it's book 14! I did not know that, sure. Uh, it's, um, well, no spoilers, but it's Cassie narrating the book, which, uh, it was surprising, but it immediately hooked me, and that became my history with Animorphs. And I read them not um, consecutively. I read them kind of randomly throughout my childhood. <laughs> and then in college, we got the full series, including the Alternomorphs and the Chronicles, and <laughs> I read them all over Christmas break, and now I revisit them in order every couple of years. Nice. So what is your history with Animorphs? Oh, God. Um, 
Also, the Scholastic Book Fair, like, do you remember in the 90s being a kid walking into your classroom and seeing that freaking Scholastic Book Fair pamphlet on your desk? Oh, my God. I, it was hours, like Christmas. Hours of circling things. Oh, my God. It was Christmas. Anyway. Pencils. Um, and then every, was it every month or so? Every so often they would have a book fair. And I think I got a free Animorphs book from one of those. What? I got book number three, which is a Tobias book. Um, you had a much more epic intro to Animorphs. Oh than my I god! Did. Yeah, I I have actually read book three many many times, and it's it's a ride. It it's is epic. An emotional turmoil. Um, so I've read book three a lot, and I think I also obtained like book thirty something it's a rachel book um later on so those are the only two animorphs books i'd ever read and then you introduced me to animorphs in college uh and i read one through 18 i believe and then i don't remember what happened and i haven't read the full series so i'm coming into this <laughs> basically blind but yet knowing the biggest spoiler of i i do know the, the biggest spoiler of the series um yeah. I will put down now, though, we are trying to avoid spoilers, which has already proven very difficult for me. Right. As I sit behind you reading the books and swearing loudly at every... Right. I'm exempt page. from this because I, I don't remember or know <laughs> all of the spoilers, so... I think I made ten references to you today that as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, Duh, shut up! <laughs> as, long as, as long as you don't tell me that Snape kills Dumbledore, it's all good. Will you cry if I do? Yes. All right. Actually, no. I'll keep it to myself then. <laughs> Always. Always. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, that's a different That's thing. a different crying thing. A different crying book. But yeah, there's already, just from reading and acknowledging, there's already some parts of the last book that I have almost said something to you, and then I'm like, right, you know the biggest spoiler, but you don't know... You don't remember, like, a lot of the surrounding ancillary stuff, which is all horrific and terrifying. And is the only thing that has ever, like, media-wise made me actually, like, tear up. Oh, damn. That's I didn't a, cry at Coco. That's a big deal. Like, she is, like, she does not cry. I do not. I have never seen her cry. And I've known her for, what, ten years? Like, more than ten years now. Oh, God. How old are we? <laughs> We're a thousand. <laughs> We're old ladies. We're old. Um, anyway, so that's a big deal. You. Yeah, and I tear up at the end of these books. Oh, jeez. But that's a long way off because we're at book one. We are at book one and we're going to talk about it. We are going to talk about it. Let me get it. my tiny notebook of Animorphs notes. Oh, man. It's so tiny. You took like 10 pages of notes and I have like a little like journalist's well, two by I took notebook. it. Well, I, first of all, I did write all my notes down. And when I wrote them, they were much shorter because I typed them in my talking to myself voice. So that's why I have four pages because okay. I'm like telling myself jokes and like notes for later. Oh, <laughs> so it's like unedited notes. It's completely unedited um, stream of conscious talking. Oh boy. Okay. Let's get into it then. Okay. So, book one The Invasion. The invasion. It's very telling, because that's basically what happened. Oh yeah, by the way, we're getting into spoiler territory. If you've not read book one, we're going to talk about it in detail, possibly beyond, I don't know. So. But we're talking about it now, so if you haven't read book one, 
Well, that's a little confusing. You should read book one. Yeah. Before getting into this yeah. podcast. Also, the book is like 25-ish years old, so I guess all bets are off at that point. Yeah, all bets are off. We're outside of the appropriate, what is it for books, six months? Is it six months? I, it's shorter than 20 years. Two seconds if you're Harry Potter. But. Two seconds if you're Harry Potter. <laughs> but 20 years or whatever, I think we're safe. Yes. Um, but it also means these books really date themselves, which is endlessly amusing for me. I mean, if you love 90s references, you will love these books. Which I do. Yes, I also do. All right. You want to do the first synopsis or do you want me to do it? Should we switch off as we go? Um, you can take the reins and I will interject occasionally. Okay. So book one, the short synopsis of it, is we start out with Jake introducing us to all of the characters, and by page four, we have their traits, and we have a very clear idea of how they go. Um, my first note here was how I was really upset that the first thing they mentioned about Rachel is that she's really pretty, mm. and I went into a minor rant to myself before reading the very next sentence, which was, but that's, she's also a complete badass, and okay, don't just focus on that. I also had a similar note, um, which was, I think, almost word for word, Rachel is kind of pretty, but she's my cousin. Why? <laughs> that, that just struck me as a really weird, like, opener. Like, I, I get that you want to establish that she's pretty and she's your cousin, yeah. but it just kind of comes off a little bit like, I don't know. I'd like her if we weren't related. Yeah, if we weren't related. Yeah. And it's like, okay. That was weird. But, but it's Okay. It's okay. And I'll, I'll mention right off the bat, this is probably my favorite Jake book, because this is when Jake, without spoilers, this is when Jake is the most human to me, because he's still a kid. We haven't gotcha. gotten into anything yet. He's gotcha. still a kid. So, um, and even by book two, that starts to deteriorate, and I feel okay saying that, because we're talking about book two soon. <laughs> yes. um, and then we get into Marco, who's the analyst. And, you know, very conniving and cunning and smart and Comic wonderful. relief. Comic relief, yes. He, and he and Jake are always getting into stupid things. There's one book where this um, quote stuck with me forever, which is one afternoon he and Marco argued about the color of cheese for an entire afternoon, whether it tasted green or yellow. What? And um, I one time got into this argument with a friend of mine who liked Animorphs as well, just so we could experience that pleasure. Oh, boy. It was not that wonderful, so I don't know what Jake and Marco are on about, but whatever. Um, we get to Cassie, who is the peacemaker and kind of pretty. Um, and, you know, has short hair. She let it go long for a while, but I liked it short. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> You're, like, quoting this word for word. I know. Well, staring at your face, by the oh way. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah. I just want that to be said. Yeah. I am not actually reading this. I am staring at your face, quoting Jake wow, to you. Wow, this is intense. I've read these books a lot. Oh, my gosh. So... That happens. We went over Rachel, Marco, Cassie, Tobias, who's the nerdy kid who is blonde with crazy hair and soulful eyes. And <laughs> he's, uh, he looks like a kicked puppy. He looks like a kicked puppy constantly Aww. for a little while. Aww, the sympathetic character. The sympathetic character. And um, he plays a really interesting character in this book because he's, I, I kept writing it down in my notes as the NPC, the non, non-playable character. Sure. Because he literally like follows Jake around and like he goes to Jake multiple times and is like, by the way, note this, like the, you know, <laughs> I was told that blah, 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 but we'll get to that a little later. <laughs> like in four pages when this, all this shit goes down. It's yeah. literally by like page 12, you are deep within yeah. Animorphs. Yeah. Um, and then Jake, who is the uh, 
the kid narrating this book who likes basketball and normal things and is kind of a jock and is broad and, like, burly-looking man-child. Oh, boy. They're all, like, 12 at this point, by the way. Yeah, it's not actually established how old they are. We can assume they're somewhere in the vicinity of 12, 13, because they talk about junior high. Yeah, and Cassie says she was 80 pounds specifically. Oh, yeah. So that down. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down in book two. I was like, 80 pounds? They are tiny. <laughs> so how old are you when you're 80 pounds? I don't know. I always picture Cassie as being very, very slight anyway. Me too. So Me too. Like, and short. She mentions yeah. a lot that she's short because that's part of it. Like when she and Jake end up hugging, she like comes up to his chest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then but again. Jake is also like. He's tall. And a tall. Broad. And a tall boy. Certainly. This is why I like Tobias and his soulful eyes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so these kids are at the mall causing trouble. They decide to um, walk home and also cause trouble by cutting through the construction site, which... The construction site in all caps. The construction site, which as anybody who's ever been any sort of self-preserving type person would know, is not a place you cut through, especially when they spend... And I, I had completely forgotten about this actually till the last reread. They spend multiple chapters talking about how there's homeless people camping out here, mm -hmm. which, and like bottles, broken bottles and graffiti. Like, mm -hmm. this is not a great place for 12 year olds to hang out. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Presumably there's like drug lords and other shady shit going on. And murderers. Yeah. It's like Central Park. It's Central Park. Central Park. Central Without Park. The park. No. <laughs> no parks, just concrete. Just central. It's, a con it's just. <laughs> it's only central. Anyway. Uh, so as they cut through here, they are um, all just displaying more traits to help solidify that in your mind, either telling jokes or being a peacemaker between people. Mm -hmm. um, Rachel gets into my favorite argument, as, like especially when I was a kid, which is like, "What you think girls can't do this?" And Cassie's like, "Well, I'm scared. You could." Walk me home. Oh my gosh. Um, so they end up cutting through the construction site, and Tobias uh, is said to be the only one who's not scared of anything there. He's looking up at the sky and pointing, and then they see a flying saucer, which is uh, a character that immediately dies, basically. <laughs> oh boy. Does, does he? So Elfangor crashes his ship there. Elfangor the Andalite, the which is Andalite. our first alien race that we meet in this book series. Oh god. <coughs> and Sorry. also the one that we love the most? Dun dun dun. Uh, <laughs> for now. I mean, I mean, for now. For the little bit that he was actually alive. Um, yeah, for the first. He seemed legit. He seemed legit. Elfangor really did seem legit. He's... I... I'm going to argue the best Andalite throughout this podcast. I'm going to argue he is the best Andalite. Okay. Um, and also I wrote down here that when he crashed, we get two references immediately. Um, one, which is kind of, I think, a reference and not an accident, where it was Marco, I believe, he said, I don't want to believe. Which, as somebody... <laughs> I know, right? I like it. As someone deep within the X-Files right now, I loved... Um, and then they blatantly said they're going to shoot us with phasers from, like, immediate Star Trek reference. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, you've already just nailed two of my favorite sci-fi series, and, uh, I'm happy. Um. A fun Animorphs drinking game would be take a shot every time they do a 90s reference. Oh, that would be fun. That would be, we would be dead. <laughs> we, would, like, we would especially like every time Marco specifically like has a 110 reference. pages of just shots. Oh my gosh. Oh man. That would be a bad idea. Anyway, it's delightful. It is delightful. So uh we have those and then uh Elfangor crashes and we immediately realize he's dying. 
and he needs these five children. I almost said five perfect little girls, like from from Powerpuff Girls, but that's <laughs> not what I meant. These five children are going to save the world from the alien invading Yerks, which are the next alien species we meet or hear about. Yes. So it's like ten pages of exposition, the history of the Yerks and mm -hmm. what they are and what they're doing, and all the kids are just basically freaking out because they find out the Yerks are have infiltrated Earth and are inserting their little Yerk bodies into human brains and controlling them, making them what are called controllers with a capital C. Um, ah, yes, the capital C. Ah, yes. Mm. I did I'd quote something later with controllers and noticed it was a capital C. Oh. Oh, I forgot my my typo reference. Just while we're talking about typos and spellings in here, in uh, my my e-reader, there's a typo right up front where they're talking about how there might be an axe murderer in this construction site, but they spelled it A X instead of A X E, and I was like foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. But then I, that's just a conspiracy theory. That's not for real. I'm sure. Maybe it could have been a legit typo. We don't know. Oh man, and uh, so. Then we get into who the main Yerk enemy is, and Elfangor legitimately says, your main enemy, like, going forward, is going to be Visor 3. Like, that that's... How did he get that? How did he know that? What about Visor 1? Yeah, yeah, my, my question is, uh, is there, a, is there, like, a number system with these Yerks? Like, I mean, obviously there yeah, is, like, yeah. a number system. Do you want to but... know it? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll just continue on. That. Oh boy, oh boy, we'll get into that later. I'm sure it'll come up later. If it is, it is it really important, or like what's, or is it just kind no, of like factual? Oh, it's if it's just, not important, then sure. Yeah, it's kind of factual. It comes up in um in the first Chronicles book that we read, the Andalite Chronicles, and it's uh just the numbering system is um just based on hierarchy. Obviously, there's something like a hundred visors, and then under that is sub visors. Oh, so, like, you have your subvisor, like, you know, 36, and then um, they, as they get promoted through the systems, they, they get changed into visors. You have to be super high ranking to be a visor. Subvisors are, are, like, pretty important. They're kind of like, I don't know, mayors, something like that. Okay. And then it just goes down and down from there, and they also get better host bodies as they go up through the chain. The overarching chain of command is the Council of 13, and those are the 13 highest ranking Yerks that rule over the entire body of the invading armies, and, and they... Okay. Yeah. So it's like your standard kind of army. Yeah, hierarchy. your standard you kind of... your lieutenants and your generals and your exactly. majors. Exactly. And... Okay, But Visor's, cool. like, right under, like, the the council. Like, that's... Okay, okay, that's, like, yeah. second tier shit. Exactly. So Visor 3 is, like, super high ranking. Okay. So, so we meet Visor 3. We meet him. He's going to be the main enemy. And, and why is he unique, Alex? Because he's the only Yerk to ever have taken an Andalite host body. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> and as we find out um, through Elfangor, sorry, Elfangor, that sounds familiar. Yeah. If it sounds familiar, like not in the Animorphs universe. I feel like I've heard that name before. Anyway. I um, almost said a spoiler. Uh, Elfangor tells <laughs> them that Andalites have the ability to morph into other creatures. Anything they can touch. Anything the light touches. <laughs> what about that shadowy place over there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, that's New York territory. That's New York territory. <laughs> you must never go there. You must never go there. Oh my gosh. That's a York Speaking graveyard. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, We're also going to probably make 90s references left and right. Good. I mean, that's just my life. Yeah. Everyday life. Obviously. Pogs. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so yes, Andalites have the ability to morph, and because uh, Visser 3 has taken over an Andalite body, uh, he has the ability to morph and is the only York to be able to do so. Which makes him extra scary. Extra OP. Right. right. Absolutely it does. And he also has a shit ton of scary morphs. Alright, so we get to page 20. By page 20, the, the only reason I'm calling out the page number here is because I want you to know that by page 20, we have our main characters described, we have the crash ship, we have our enemies, we're introduced to Visor 3. We've also been introduced at this point to... Um, Another, I believe it's the Horkbizier first before the Taxons, and so they introduce us to the Horkbizier. And so by page three, we've already got like these kids ready to fight a crashed alien ship. We know who they are. We know Alfangor. We know all this stuff, and I just love Ka Applegate so much because she can do this. And not at no points did I really think like, oh geez, this is really rushed. Like she's just really good at that. So sure. just want to call it out. Um, and then we also kind of have an idea of uh how many yurks there are and kind of what's going on because right off the bat he says something like we'd have to build thousands more yurk pools to be able to convert even like half of the earth's population into controllers so like they're just seeing all of these humans as these giant food sources controller sources and they're like we can outfit every yurk in our population with a host body if we take this planet and if let's see what in the 90s how many humans op operated you know what occupied the earth i wrote down seven billion with a question mark ah. i meant to google it but i was on an airplane writing this and so okay. i didn't <laughs> some number of billion humans because i was willing to pay for the internet okay, well, <laughs> so i'm gonna I, guess seven i don't blame you that neutrality is it's good <laughs> let's just insert our own political standings here cough 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 um Right, and uh, the kids at this point have the power to morph by page 20. They were given the cube, and not only that, but Jake has already gone into the spaceship, and he saw a picture of Elfangor's family. Aww. I know, it's adorable. Gut punch. Gut punch, and it's also Jake's biggest catalyst, I feel. He's all about family. Mm -hmm. I mean, him and Tom, they're tight, man. Well, they were. Until, you know. Oh, yes. Jake Jake has a point of mentioning that uh, his older brother, Tom, uh, they used to be very close and suddenly are not. Hmm? What's going on what, there? What could possibly be going on? If only he'd go to the sharing with his brother. His brother keeps inviting him. Why doesn't he go to the sharing? Oh, boy. <laughs> the sharing that has a, like, weird title right after every time Tom mentions it. It's fun. We do barbecues. <laughs> so, anyways... Um, yeah, so he's, he's a family dude, and, uh, I think that seeing Alfanger's family really, um, it really resonated with him. Yes. Because that's what he's all about. And that's all I'll say about that. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Here's my first mention of Tobias being the NPC of this book, because, um, Tobias, after they, they go through the construction site, Tobias has his moments with Elfangor. He mm -hmm. stays later than everybody. Yes. When 
everybody else is, you know, hiding and, and doing their thing, Tobias kind of is mourning Elfangor. Mm-hmm. Because he got eaten alive by Visor 3. Oh, yeah. Visor 3 comes and... Eats him alive. Like, legitimately. Yeah, that's morphs, He gets off of the ship. Morphs, morphs into a giant fucking alien and literally swallows. Oh, man. He literally shreds him, swallows him whole, except for the chunks of meat that go flying to the taxons when they Ugh. they eat the chunks of meat flying off of this. This book gets heavy real fast. Well, yeah. And when they're in the construction site, they're... So... I'll, I'll keep going in order. I won't skip ahead. But just remember, we're coming off this gory thing of Elfangor getting shredded to a billion pieces in the shredder monster's mouth and the chunks of meat falling to the taxons. So the kids are, like, pissed, and Jake is, like, ready to get up and run at him screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was Marco that grabbed him and was like, you freaking idiot. Right. Get on the ground. Right. We're 12. <laughs> and uh, so a bunch of mysterious things start happening. They realize there's some human controllers there. Um, Visor 3 starts monologuing like any good villain does. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the kids are are ready to go. They're about to be discovered by a hork when they, you know, lay low. They think he's gone. And then shit just hits the fan. They're discovered. They run. They take off every direction. They start saying, like, run whichever way you can. Split up. They mm-hmm. can't catch us. Right. And uh, Jake's path is into the construction um, building areas. That's the bunch of, like, confusing rooms. It's pitch black. And as he's running away from them, they're right behind him. He runs into a hobo who we don't actually hear what happens to him, but presumably gets killed because the orders were to kill the kids running away and bring back their heads for identification. Right. We're on, like, page 25, guys! (laughs) And already this has happened. Yay for children's books! Yay! <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that's a pretty intense first bit. That's kind of where it cuts out and Jake goes home. We don't really find out how he goes home. He says something like, I don't remember how I got home. Things just went south. Things went very south. Things went very south. So the next part of the book is Jake waking up with Tobias coming over, and Tobias is apparently acting very out of character because his large soulful eyes were very pleased instead of just soulful and puppy kicked. And he was snapping his fingers and being like, I did it, I did it. And Jake's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I morphed. And he's like, what, that wasn't a nightmare? And Tobias is like, are you stupid? Obviously not. We had a deep emotional connection with that alien. And that's... We. We. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, they yeah. did. They did. Like, I, I guess um, with the Andalites, they can... There was some sort of, like, mood transference kind of psychic shit going on. Yeah. And like, can I do a little bit of a spoiler and talk about, you know, our, our Andalite? Sure. Like, okay, I just wanted to say, if, I'm, I'll, I'll keep it as late as I can, but the other Andalites in the series do not seem to have this strong emotional transference that Elfangor did. Okay. And it, it, the race is said to be very kind of uptight, so I don't know if it was just like because... Like the elves from Lord of the Rings? It, there are so many Lord of the Rings references oh, in these books. Okay. Like, so, in fact, book two, they specifically call out Tolkien. Oh, yeah, they do. So, and... As we go on, <laughs> there are a lot of Tolkien references. And I'm, a, you know, a fan, so it works out. But, um, yeah, so he he's kind of, like, um, not your standard Andalite. He's done a lot of weird things. So when you go back in his timeline, mm. a lot of things happen. Um, so I'm wondering if that was 
Like, okay. if it's diff- it's not usual yeah. in my mind for Andalite interactions, but he puts a ton of emotion into things. He uses, um, it's an actual technique, I believe it's called out later in the book, where you can transfer those memories to other sure. people. So it's really, it's interesting. It's, it's really, I love it. <laughs> I think he's so cool. He's my favorite Andalite. I'm just going to call that up now. Ow. So anyways, Tobias with his snappy interactions. Spirit fingers. Spirit fingers. I just, I imagine him, like, I, when she was describing this in the book, I was just literally imagining him walking around Jake's room like, da, 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 da. Like, just like. <laughs> song and dance. Song and dance, like, flailing wildly. He's a happy boy. He's a happy boy right now because he turned into a cat. He turned into a cat and this cat is named Dude? Well, yeah. Which is... I mean... We all said Dude in the 90s. We all said Dude in the 90s. It's not the worst cat name she's ever come up with. The the cat's name in the second book is pretty bad. It's horrible. It's the worst. But we'll talk about that soon. Yeah, soon. Because we gotta talk about Homer now. (laughs) Oh yeah, Homer. (laughs) I like Homer. Oh, who doesn't like Homer? He's he's a happy little boy. He likes running around, chewing on stuff, and barking at things in his backyard. I assume that Homer Homer's described as orange. I'm assuming he's some sort of golden retriever or golden lab type dog. That's just what I pictured. I immediately pictured a golden retriever and never once considered he could be any other type of dog until gotcha. you just said that. Okay. Now I'm doubting myself. But, but we both thought golden retriever. Immediate okay, golden cool. retriever. All right. So anyway, that is Jake's dog. Maybe uh, they describe it in another book, and that's why it's solidified in my mind. But Golden Retriever is what we're going Well, with. when I think of, like, standard family dog, I definitely think Golden Retriever. That's right. And Jake's family is standard. Yes. Except for his brother, who mysteriously has been a little distant. Why don't they go to the sharing together? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's how they talk about it the entire first book. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, they just lay it on thick so thick so thick like even my idiot child brain was like no don't go to the sharing there must be something wrong with the sharing yeah and i mean i was stupid as a child and even i was like (laughs) no don't do this thing oh boy uh so um tobias goes over there and in a non-player character moment he um goes ahead and starts telling jake all about the interactions with elfangor and about the candrona rays and the yurk pools and all these things that we've never heard of before and don't understand how, like, Tobias is the only one that knows this. And it's because he spent an extra minute with, with Elfangor. Who apparently just bombarded him with this information. Yes, completely. So, that's fun. Um, so, Jake goes ahead and tries his first morph, which is Homer. 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 And he does it in his house with his whole family there. Which is You fun. know... <laughs> Well, that's okay. We'll move right along to right. Uh, describing these morphs, which are apparently just disgusting and hideous and things grow and crack and... And, and in weird ways. And never the same. Yeah, never and, the same. It's very uh, arbitrary. Um, it, if your ears come out first or if the fur comes or the tail, it, it's, it's all... It's, it's all wackadoodle. And as we go further on, there's some great times later on in the series where morphs just start horrifically wrong. And that's entertaining. Um... And the one thing that this really, like, I always think of whenever they get intense about talking about morphing is they talk about how things are cracking and they know it should hurt. They can feel, like, mm-hmm. numbness, like they've had Novocaine where they know it should hurt. Yeah. Do you think the very first Andalite to try morphing was just, like, screaming? Oh, gosh. I know. Uh... And then, like, do you think that they were, like, for a while, like, just be stoic and, like, get through it? Or do you think they were, like, I can have this fixed in a day? Oh, man. I had questions about this. Yeah. 
like like they had to kind of troubleshoot the morph to make it less painful over time. Yeah. Because it's it's legitimately like breaking and growing your bones and yeah. like doing stuff with your bones that it should yeah, not happen. Like, like your your very mass is changing. Like this morphing kind of defies physics in a way because it kind of defies the matter cannot be created or destroyed, right? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, apparently not. Um, no. <laughs> but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about um, the uh, physics of morphing in, in in I believe Axe's first book. Axe's book. Okay, talk cool. About it. And okay. I think that might be fifteen. It's the one where they turn into mosquitoes. Ew, that sounds horrible. Yeah, and they only do it once, which is I like I wonder why. <laughs> well, like. I do, I kind of do too, because, anyways, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, there's so many tangents there's we want to so take off on, I know, and I really, I'm just dying to. Um, so, I, I, another thing I pointed out is um, that after the, well, let's get a little more, let's get a little more timeliney about this. So, Jake tries his morph, Tobias has already tried his morph, and they all go and meet up at the barn, where Rachel is sitting there holding a newspaper, which, Rachel is constantly, like, she has really, like, weird things throughout this book. Like, she reads newspapers. She follows politics. She's, like, she, again, it's defying that, that typical, like, I'm a pretty girl stereotype. Like, she's called out. <laughs> is awesome. Yeah. And then they're, like, oh, yeah, we're all here now. And Jake's, like, we're all, where's Cassie? And in the wind, <laughs> the distance, a beautiful black horse with its mane blowing in the breeze oh, gallops out of nowhere. Which, by the way, is, like... If there's a horse galloping around, as someone who rides horses, you notice and you're slightly concerned when there's a loose one just, like, galloping full tilt at you. So she uh, comes up, she starts demorphing, and it's immediately called out how beautiful she is even during demorphing. And this is not just Jake's thing. Everybody <laughs> agrees on this. She's a fantastic morpher. Yes. Um, she's very talented at it and, and wonderful and beautiful, and she can control the order in which she morphs, which comes in to save her butts multiple times. Um, and so as she's demorphing in front of everyone, they think she's going to be naked. No, because girls aren't idiots. We figured out how to morph <laughs> clothes, skin tight clothes, but still clothes. Um, and then a cop comes screaming up her driveway and they all kind of gather around her as she panics. And Jake says something like, you know, morph. And she's like, which way? And he's like, ah, human. And right uh, now she looks like a centaur. Yeah, a beautiful centaur. A beautiful Sorry, centaur. I should have mentioned that. She's a gorgeous centaur, <laughs> which makes no sense. It would be more like a minotaur or something, because you can't, that would be if she grew a human torso out of a oh. horse, but really it would just be her, like, shucking back in. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So their, their description didn't make sense. Oh. I, they said that, but it didn't make sense. You are absolutely right. Wow. Just thoughts I have while reading Animal. Wow, this is things why. you don't think about. Well, I do, and that's why I had to talk to you about this. This is why we're doing this, because oh my God. I have so many thoughts and feelings. Oh, Anyways, um, so the cop comes screaming up there. They're trying to hide Cassie, and he's, you know, being a cop, he's, like, eagle-eyed. He's like, what you kids all gathered around? And <laughs> What are you kids doing on your own property? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm sorry, oh. well, I come and assault you on your own property. What are you hiding? Oh, God. And they all step away, and there's Cassie in a leotard, which the cop's like, well, that's normal. <laughs> so then he starts questioning them about the construction site. and Because mm -hmm. uh, they're looking for the kids, because... Uh, right, that was in the newspaper. Right, right, right. I glossed over that. Oh, that's okay. Sorry. No. <laughs> Once again, Rachel reading the newspaper at the age of 12, missing the funny sections entirely and going into the news story, which she's, is... She's true. very informed. 
She's very informed and beautiful and smart and wonderful. And we love Rachel. Of course we do. And Tobias with his soulful eyes. <laughs> We're not biased at all. We're, I'm so biased. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, they, the guy's suspicious. They immediately peg that he's a controller because mm-hmm. of some stuff he says about the sharing. And, like, why don't you come join the sharing? It's really fun. It's a wonderful sense of community. <laughs> I Hey, kid, you look familiar. Yeah, my brother's in the sharing. Hey, kid, you should join your brother in the sharing. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he's a controller, capital C. Yes. We don't like them. We don't like them. Um, And then my quote here that I had to say, which um, I'm just going to say it and then leave it and uh, remember this in like 25 to 30 books. Um, Rachel says, if the police have been infiltrated by the controllers, who knows how many others have too? Teachers, people in the government, newspapers and TV, math teachers for sure, Marco jokes. Just gonna leave that there. Remember Ooh, that in 20 bucks. Dun dun dun. I mean, it's not a huge plot point, but it's hilarious. Anyways, um, so everybody's like talking about morphine after the cop leaves and how this is dangerous, and clearly all these people are controllers, and it could be anyone, maybe even someone in your family. Who knows? Maybe even you. Maybe, maybe even, even me. You. <laughs> It could be me. I could be the controller all along. I was the turkey all along. <laughs> oh, oh at least that wasn't a '90s reference. That, that was wasn't. Like, yeah, that was an early 2000s reference. Exactly. Totally different. Different. Different times, man. <laughs> Completely different. Anyway. Oh man. Okay. So uh, the the next thing that happens is the ever ongoing squabble for the first several books. The story arc of what do we do? Are we in, are we in on this? Are we gonna oh, yes. fight, or are we? Are not? we going to fulfill this this destiny? destiny. <laughs> yes, the destiny thing definitely happens. Um, yeah. So yes, so uh, Marco is very adamantly not wanting to do this. He's very much into well, he appears to be into the self preservation thing, um, but we find out that do we find out then that it's because of not. He, he again. He tearfully mentions it. He has the 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 Marco moments of like, yeah, well, you know, my dad. I'm the only thing he has left. What of it? Yes, Marco has a sad backstory. He does for now. And I feel like he uses humor to compensate for his sad feelings. He, Maybe he does. Maybe I, that's just he, me. No, he does. He does. Um, I I just don't want to quote anything from books in the future but um it's not a major spoiler to say this so i will marco looks at this and i'm quoting i'm not saying this from my own like mind spells of things i've been thinking marco can he thinks you can see the world two ways one you can see how like screwed up it is and be really depressed by it or you can see how screwed up it is and find the humor in the situation Mm -hmm. and so marco always goes with the humor in the situation yes um but don't be fooled. He is a highly intelligent, very analytical guy. He's great. He's great. I love Marco. <laughs> so um, Marco's the most out. Yes. Um, Cassie is completely on the fence because she's, she, I shouldn't say that. She immediately goes into, we could save all the animals with this power. Mm-hmm. And Jake's like, cool, dude. But what about the human race? And, um, but he says it in a loving, wonderful way because, of course, Cassie is beautiful and wonderful. Um, Rachel, no surprise, is like, let's kick butt, take names. Right. Tobias is, um, still, again, our non-player character is like, but did you not remember the alien? We mm-hmm. connected. And we have to do this because right. of Elfangor. 
And it is in this conversation, um, or just before that, Tobias says, Jake, you're the leader. You have to decide. And uh, Jake's like, what do you mean I'm the leader? And he's like, you just are. And Jake said he immediately felt this weight settle on his shoulders. And that's when Jake starts hitting those notes that I know for Jake. Like, throughout the series, that's when I start seeing Jake come through. And he's not the kid. He's not humanized. Uh, he is, but he's not, like, the kid he was before this happened. As soon as Tobias is like, you are the leader, mm-hmm. it ends for him. The death of innocence. The death of innocence happens there. I mean, it happens multiple times over, but this is, like, right. the first layer of innocence yes. that dies. Yes. And I feel bad for him. Yeah. <sighs> I feel bad for all of them. I feel bad for everything. I feel so bad for all of them. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's definitely a quintessential, like, with great power comes great responsibility kind of story. And I'm pretty sure they quote that at some point during uh, the book. Well, there you go. I mean, no, it's, like, no secret that they reference X-Men, they reference Spider-Man a lot, they reference Superman a yes, ton. Like, yes. it's the 90s. They're like, well, let's reference all this. Star Trek. They yes. already did that. Right. X-Files multiple times. Oh, so anyways, that's that's good. Um, and then during the same thing where um, they're all talking about their reasons to fight, reasons to not fight, reasons to stay out of it, Tobias is saying, like, we gotta fight because Elfanger told us to. And Marco's like, yeah, well, did you say that when your head was being swirlied in the toilet? Like, what are you? You're, you were bullied and now you want to be a hero because you have these powers? And Tobias is super embarrassed, but he's kind of like, Yeah. And then Rachel's like, stop bullying him. Which is really funny because they have no relationship prior to this. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love them both. But they had no prior relationship to this. Not even in, like, flashbacks in future books? Like, I'm not getting not into really. spoiler territory? Okay. In the TV show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. So we watched an episode of the TV show, which is, like, completely different from the books, apparently. Completely different. Completely different. I and mean, they, yeah, it's completely different. Yeah. Um, they did touch on, like, Rachel and Tobias meeting in the TV show, but I don't know if that's technically canon. It's sort of canon. It's sort of canon. It's sort of canon. And if... Um, if we're talking to a lot of people that write fan fiction, it's written into the fan fiction canon a ton. Sure. Like, but... But, I mean, it's not it's not a far leap to assume that maybe Tobias was bullied and Rachel stuck up for him, because that's definitely her personality, and that's stick up right. for the little guy. And that's exactly what Jake did, too. Yeah. And that's why it's, like, it's so easy to believe. The other thing to remember, though, is that uh, Tobias has a terrible home life, and mm-hmm. he's not always constantly in school or in the same area, but it, it stands to reason that they would have known each other for the years that they were in school together. Yes. So, yeah, they they liked each other. And it's, you know, Rachel just also can't stand seeing people getting bullied, just like mm-hmm. Jake. That's one that's as different as they are. That's one of the things that connects Jake and Rachel, I really think, is that mm-hmm. they have those core sort of beliefs yes. that you stand up for the little guy. Yes. All right, um, don't read my note. Okay, okay. It says Alex's note. That means you can't read it. <laughs> All right. I'm, so, I'm forbidden. Going past that note. Um, so the gang, after uh, having this discussion and meeting up at Jake's house, decide, you know what? Let's go to a meeting of the sharing. Because uh, Tom really wants us to go. It sounds like a great time. Oh, also there's like three pages of Tom, like... Telling Jake he should come to the sharing and mm-hmm. 
being like, oh, did you hear about those kids at the construction site? They said they saw flying saucers. Oh, flying saucers. How silly. You don't believe that, do you, Jake? It's legitimately it's word for word so like that. fucking thick. And you're just like, okay, we get it. Yeah, but you don't believe in that, do you? Oh, God. And the funniest part was, is that um, Jake, in normal Jake fashion, picked up on this from the fr- from the get-go. So Tom's like, did you hear about those kids at the construction site? And Jake's like, yeah, they said they thought they saw an alien spacecraft. How stupid. And Tom's like, ha right, those idiot kids. But you don't believe in that. And Jake's elbow, like, no. Elbow. I know. And Jake's wink, like, wink. no, no, yeah. no. Stop talking to me like this, Tom. This is so weird. It going. It's just like, oh. And he's like, let's talk about basketball. And Tom's like, I don't want to talk about that anymore. And Jake's like, how long has it been since we've known each other? <laughs> so they're like, yeah, okay, Tom, we'll go to the sharing with you. So... They do, and they go to this... And they go to the sharing because, I think I wrote down, um, Marco actually pointed out to Jake, hey, Tom's acting really weird, what if he's a controller? And Jake punched him. Punched him in the head. That was Jake's reaction. (laughs) (laughs) And he would have continued to punch him if Marco hadn't covered him in a duvet. Yes. And sat on him. That's what you do when your friends get violent. <laughs> and he literally, he like, much, uh, this is really funny because this would totally work on Tobias, but he just covered him with a sheet and was like, calm down, Jake. <laughs> and then he like just hugged him and he was like, if you hit me again, I'm going to hit you back. <laughs> Like, what solid, like, 12-year-old do you know that's like, oh, if man. you hit me one more time, I will hit you back. Yeah. Instead of just like, you idiot! Like, ah! Uh, girl fight. Because I, I mean, I got into a fight in grade school because I wanted to see, well, this my friend that I don't know anymore, Julian and I decided we wanted to see who would win in a fight, boys or girls, and that caused a full-on fist fight between us. Oh, boy. So when Jake actually swings and hits Marco in the head, you'd think that that would turn into a fight. Right. Because, you know, the adrenaline's rushing, and it's like a, you know, reaction command that you either fight or you flight. Yeah. You don't just, like, rationally be no, like, no, okay, Marco. you need to stop. Like, no, Marco just grabs a blanket. I can't he... help you. You need to leave. <laughs> Maybe he had just been trained as a child, like, in like, fire safety. Like, and he's like, like de-escalate oh, situation. <laughs> de-escalate. I can't throw a blanket on the problem. <laughs> throw a blanket on the problem. If only he had that reaction at any other time in the series, that would lead to, like, this hilarious sequence oh my of God. events. Like, be... ah, Visitor 3, throw a blanket at him. <laughs> Although knowing Visitor 3, he'd probably just, like, wave his, yeah, wave his tail arms and, arms <laughs> Or, like, yeah, leaves his tail and just, like, slice it in half anime style. If it's a TV show, he'd never get out of that trap, ever. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, a blanket. This, this is terrible. Anyways. Anyway, so Marco <laughs> says that Tom is a controller and Jake does not want to believe it. So he punches him in the head. So he punches him in the head. And then they decide to go to the sharing to investigate the situation closer. They do. And they all, uh, they decide to go all as humans except for Tobias, who's going to be the eyes in the sky. Because, you know, reasons. And um, they all have a great time there, and they're they're honestly surprised by how fun volleyball is. Uh, Tom mentions how the guys can't see the ball half the time in the dark, and that's really amusing. They're on the beach, by the way. Yeah, they're... Which right. kind of, like, that triggered a um, question that I have for you later yeah. about where you think they are actually located, but we'll talk about oh, that later. Oh, I'm like 90% sure. Okay. I, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you. 
okay. <laughs> but it really eliminates for as much secrecy as they're trying to like to tell you. Just you can eliminate some places pretty quickly. Well, you can eliminate the entire middle of the U.S. Yeah. We already know it's the U.S. because they talk about but what it, state we live in. Yeah, and and it can't be a beach on a lake because of. Because uh, salt water morphs that they acquire later. Right. And they do mention it's an ocean right off the bat. Gotcha. So, like, we so know. So, it's either the East Coast or the West Coast. <laughs> and based on some flora and fauna that they may interject, you know, in a book about animal morphing, we can pretty much figure out where they are. So, anyways. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get into that later. <laughs> I, yeah. We will. We will get into that. Um, so, so, they go to the sharing. They're going to the sharing. They have fun. They they're have... like, maybe this is normal. They are, and uh, Cassie and Marco come, like, they're coming back from the water. They were playing, like, frisbee or some crap in the ocean. And um, Jake starts questioning Tom about where he's going. Because Tom says, I have to go to the meeting of, like, the... The, the VIPs The VIP whatever. members. The full yeah. members, I think is what he says. And uh, he's like, oh, what's a full member? And Tom's like, well, you know, like, when you've been here for a while, they award you special stuff. And Tom goes, how do you become a full member? Or Jake goes, how do you become a full member? And Tom has a facial tick that immediately gives him away. Yeah. And um, so they come up, and Jake sees this happen. Jake has this moment in his head where he's like, oh, shit, he's a controller. Yeah. And then Marco walks up and says, this is really fun. I guess Tom's not a controller. And Jake's like... No, no, no. So, yeah, about that. Yeah. I just saw this thing. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> this thing just happened. Um, so then, does that prompt Jake to turn into the dog? Morph in the dog. And then go sneak over to the uh, secret meeting that they're having. Yes, the secret meeting on the open beach with no, nothing around them. I picture them in, like, a big, like, pit. Yeah, that's like, how they with, describe like, guards it. standing around the entire yeah. perimeter of the pit. That's how they describe that's it. That's well, not suspicious at all. Well, that's not suspicious at all, but what's even less suspicious is a random stray dog who's the pet of one of the full member controllers that's there right. gambling into the mess of them. Like, I'm a dog! I'm a dog! Uh, yeah. Yeah. And also trying to eavesdrop, but also trying to be like, oh, I shouldn't act like a dog who's trying to eavesdrop. I and, should act like a dog right. who's just being a dog. And also don't get close to Tom because he will immediately recognize that I am his dog. Right. Right. And then, um, ever helpful, you know, Jake's run running around there being a freaking fool of a dog. He did try to go after like a chipmunk or something and sure. dug the beach and they're all like, oh, that's a normal dog thing. Um, he finds out that, uh, Chapman's there and Chapman says, kill him. <laughs> Chapman is, uh, their assistant principal? Assistant principal, yeah. Assistant principal at their school and, um, Yes. I don't think we ever find out who the full principal is. Not that that's important. Yeah. I just don't know. I would like to it's know the structure. It's specifically the assistant principal for some reason. I'd um, like to be a judge of their education system, and I don't know who's in charge of it. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, he, uh, he orders Jake to be killed, which happens a lot. They're ordered to be killed a lot. Mm -hmm. It's like a weekly thing for them. It's pretty much, yeah, it becomes normal pretty quickly. Um... So they're like, well, you know, you can't just go around killing animals. So, um, oh, it was Tom that suggested it, and Chapman's the one that says, don't kill the dog. 
So um, that's another thing Jake starts freaking out about is he finds out Tom's a controller, does this whole thing, gambles into the crowd, and then Tom says, kill him. And he's like, my own brother, he's trying to kill me. And two Tom. And Chapman's like, you can't just kill everything. That's yeah. stupid, Jake. Yeah. Quit being so trigger happy, Tom. Yeah, quit being so trigger happy. So that happens, and then Cassie wanders over and has her second run-in with the cop. Yeah, the same cop. Same cop. Not suspicious at all. Right. And uh, the cop's like, what are you doing here? She's like, collected shells. And (laughs) it's one of those... I'm a kid. Yeah, I'm a kid. (laughs) I do things. It's one of those moments where, like, Cassie's normally considered, like, she's normally pretty intelligent. She's usually good at reading people. And in this situation, she was like, I'm gonna go get shells. Like, it was just kind of out of character. Under under the guise of actually going to see if Jake was okay? Yeah, she recall. wanted to see if Jake was okay. Right. By collecting shells. As a human. Person. As a human. She's well, she more capable. Yeah. I mean, she only had one morph at that point, though, right? That's true. And she did say earlier that a horse on the beach would be slightly suspicious. But she didn't say the same thing about a horse running down the lane at full speed towards a group of children. <laughs> Just throwing that out logic, there. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, it's child logic. When I, I, I'm not gonna lie. When I was a child reading this, I thought, yeah, that makes sense. So I, I can't. Mean, yeah. I'm mocking it now because I recognize I was stupid. Okay. And I've grown a little. I've gotten a few more brain cells. <laughs> oh, Probably gonna lose them soon. Yeah. Well. But you know. So the next plan, since the first plan of meandering in without any plan worked so well, the next plan is to meander in without any plan. But into the yerk pool yes and um they're gonna find out where it is by following chapman around now that they know he's a controller yes and that the sharing is a front for yerk insertion oh was it i thought it was just a fun gathering of people (laughs) (laughs) you don't believe in that do you oh boy (laughs) oh boy um so jake uh decides he's gonna follow him they're trying to decide what morph and cassie gives him a lizard that she trapped in a bucket. I don't know why they gave us that detail, but they trapped him in a bucket. And uh, so Jake turns into the lizard. This is kind of before we've gotten to the whole, like, hey, let's practice morphing thing. So Jake's like, screw it. I'm going to lock myself in my own locker, turn into a lizard, and just see what happens. I don't know how that works because I could not fit into a locker at any point in my life. I Like, maybe they have big lockers. Yeah, I guess... I had the really skinny lockers. Me too. Like, I don't think I could have fit in there. Okay, whatever. We'll suspend reality for a little bit for that. Anyway. Well, we'll just say they went to a rich kid's school. This is why I'm worried about their education system. They have very spacious lockers They have spacious lockers. They have an assistant principal. Their principal is so high up, they never even see him. And yet, like, these kids are going through these, like, manic things. And not once does, like, a counselor really ever notice that they've had this (laughs) emotional turmoil. God. (laughs) Their school system was either, like, just really stunted in some ways, or just... Or maybe they're all just fucking controllers in that school, and they don't even Yeah, care. that's true. Well, I mean, the school was being converted, because we know by the end of this book that the school is right on top of the Yerk Pool, and one of the entrances is where we're about to find out, which, when Jake follows Chapman, is the janitor's closet. Yes. And, like... What, what? Oh, sorry. Um, uh, important point. Um, this is the first morph that the kids take that actually doesn't end up being very fun. So they've done like a horse, a dog, a cat, and a hawk. And all those morphs are apparently really cool because the dog's really happy. The cat's really powerful and cool. And the hawk is obviously like the coolest thing ever. 
Obviously. Um, but the lizard is very tiny and very scared, and um, Jake actually has a hard time getting control of the lizard brain at first. Yeah. Because um, he's just, like, freaking out and freaking out and freaking out. And he eats a spider. He does eat a spider, and it is impactful in a very impactful way. In a, in a very <laughs> tangible way yes. that comes up in multiple books going forward forever. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pivotal <laughs> moment for it's him. It's a pivotal moment for everyone. Yes. We will all remember that Jake ate a spider for this book. Also, to further make everything terrible, someone stepped on his tail and Chapman. Chapman stepped Chapman on his tail. Chapman stepped on his tail on accident and as lizards are wont to do, his tail detached from his body. Which I had a question about that at some yes. point. Um, I lived in Florida. I'm ready to answer your question. Okay. But this probably feeds into um, the physics of morphing. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Just, just yes. keep going. I'll answer it. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. <laughs> the physics of morphing. Okay. So I wrote down, um, mm-hmm. if Jake lost his tail, what if he morphed back and part of his body was missing? Like, I know that's not how DNA works, but... Like, what if? Like, the transference of matter somehow. Or, like, if you get injured as a as an animal, when you morph back into a human, do you retain that injury? You know? No, because it restores your DNA to Got, how yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. But this also leads to a very interesting book. A Rachel book that's coming up in the future. Okay. And that's all I'll say on that. Okay. <laughs> because that's, that book scarred me. That's one of my least favorite books. Oh, boy. I know. I'll just I'll just throw that out there. It's my least. I think it's in the forties somewhere, or maybe not quite. It's it's when everything's kind of ramping up. So like late thirties, early forties, somewhere around there. <sighs> anyway. So anyways, they discover the entrance to the York Pool, which is very clearly hell, like unashamed. Yeah, there's human screamings, and it's like it's like that Hieronymus Bosch painting. <laughs> <laughs> No one had trumpeting butts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that in the Bosch painting? I thought that was in Monty Python. Well. <laughs> <laughs> there were butts. I... There's, it's in Hieronymus Bosch, too. And okay. that's also where those, like, the fish people come out. And yeah, the yeah, people yeah. that are, yeah, like. Yeah, and they're, like, skewering people. And I still regret and not getting those Doc Martens with the Hieronymus Bosch oh paintings on it. I regret it to this day. Oh, my God. You I... should you should look it up. It's, uh, I, I don't know. It's one of his more famous paintings. You should look it up. It's something about hell. Um, I think it's called the Gardens of Eden, actually. Yeah, and it's like a, a triptych. Yeah, it's a triptych. It's like the third piece in a triptych. Um, it's it's great. Bosch is Bosch is endlessly amusing. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I mean, so the Earth Pool is hell. <laughs> yeah, literal it's hell. hell. There's. Oh wait, do they actually? They don't go down there yet. He just hears like no. He just hears shit. it through the lizard morph, which is um, kind of distorted. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not sure kind of how good the lizard. Like, he knows they're different than people, and they're two different directions and all that sort of stuff, but he doesn't really know how it compares to his eyes until the next time they they go down there. So. Oh, I love this next part of the book. uh, Then lead us through it, man. Uh, I don't exactly remember why, but they, oh, yeah, yeah, because they decide, they find out where the York pool is, and they're like, okay, we got to go down there and, like, kick some ass. So, but they only have a limited number of morphs right now. So Cassie says, my parents work at the gardens, which is some sort of zoo amusement park combo. Let's go there and get some new morphs. And so they do. Um, I wrote, I have a note down here that at some point she's describing medicine and how medicine is called meds. I wrote that in my notes too! (laughs) Oh my god, I was so mad. I was so mad! I, 
tell me what you said, and I'm going to read you word for word what I wrote. Okay, whenever, she's, like, telling Marco about how some of the animals have to get meds, and then she makes a point to say, meds are medicine. Sorry, I should have explained that. And, like, maybe it's because Alex and I are both very, like, into animals, and we've both done kind of, like, the rehab thing and taking care of a lot of animals, but it's, Animal like... Animal rehab, not people rehab. Yes. We're not... We're not we don't in like rehab. We rehabbed things. Yes. You birds, me dogs. Just... But, throwing that out there. <laughs> but it's like, thanks, Cassie. I had no idea that meds were short for medicine. I was so mad. Well, I'm going to tell you right now what I wrote, and I'm going to drop our first F-bomb, I believe. And that was... Mm, okay. I'll, 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 I'll censor myself then, I guess. I'll, Actually, I, just swear. Okay, good. <laughs> I said, Cassie, meds are medicine. Sorry. Fuck you, Cassie. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I wrote that... I was so mad Oh my that God. I wrote that down because I, she called... Anyways, <laughs> like if you're a 10 to 12 year old kid, I, I think even at 10 to 12, I was like, duh, Cassie. Duh. In fact, I started reading these. I would have been around seven or eight when I started reading these and mm. I, I was really young. And I, even then I was like, duh, Cassie, duh. Everyone knows that. Yeah. So. Yeah. There were, there were a couple bits of writing in the books where I was kind of like, was that necessary to mention? Or like, what what is this extraneous? Yeah. Know. And those moments, I think, leave the further on we go. Okay, okay. But yeah, I kind of figured it was just kind of like testing the waters in the writing department. That's fair, except everyone knows meds are medicine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't know why we're making such a big deal out of this, but we're so mad about it. Yeah, we are so... I'm so glad that you called that out, because I was God, enraged I when was, I read that. I was pretty mad. Anyway, so they go to the gardens, um, and they somehow get, like, back into the backstage area where the animals are kept, and no one fucking cares. Yeah, they just walked in. They just freaking walked in, a bunch of kids, and I was like, I don't know if I can buy this. Like, I'm gonna, I bought it immediately. I'm gonna call bullshit on this. Like, <laughs> apparently, like the people kind of know Cassie because maybe she's maybe she does this all the time. Maybe she just right. Well, she's like the head vet's daughter, so like, the head she's vet's probably daughter, yeah. she's probably back. And so, she said she could get in for free, so she I imagine yeah, she's maybe back she there. like helps out occasionally. But but bringing five of your friends back there, yeah. Your if friends. I were Zoo Security, I'd be like, hey, Cassie, you can't really do that. Can you leave? Like, and Zoo Security does say that. Yes. Eventually, they finally get Eventually. To it. Not not now though. Yes. For now there the guy just comes back, sees the kids messing with a friggin' gorilla, and is like, Hey, you're the doc's daughter. Nice seeing you. <laughs> Have fun with that gorilla. Have fun with that gorilla. Have a good time with Jim. <laughs> God. Oh Spoilers. Maybe he just didn't they give a shit. He probably he was probably like, Listen, I'm the night vet. I've been here for twelve hours. I have he had a bucket full of brown sludgy goo. He was probably like anything to get me out of this brown sludgy goo nonsense. Yeah. I mean I've been there. I get that. I've had buckets and buckets. I picked up more poop in my life than m- most people I know, except for probably you. And it's you just get to a point where you're like, anything is better than this right yeah, now. I need to go. I need to go. I need to go and shower and not be around. Ten poop gallon for a bucket of poop. I just need to leave. And that's probably where that guy was. Yeah. As an adult, I really re- he <laughs> was resonates. done with a capital D. <laughs> I'm getting out of here now. I must leave. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, those kids are messing with a gorilla. Cool beans, yo. And. Skipped out of town. And this is the first morph that uh, Marco 
Right, he, he hasn't even tested any of the other yes, ones. Yes, Marco has never morphed before. He's still normal. He's very normal. Yeah, he's still normal. He's very resistant to the whole Animorphs idea. But um, he already named them Animorphs at but this yes, point. Yes, he did call them Animorphs, presumably, because he's very comic book inclined, and he's like, we need a team name. And we're Animal Morphers. And he comes to regret that name. He does. He does. But everyone else loves it. Yeah, of course. I love it. Anyway, he touches his gorilla, and... Everything is fine. Like, the gorilla doesn't really give a shit. Um, he did give him an apple in exchange. Yes. Which is nice. I get. It's I nicer just... than some of the other animals that they've acquired. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so Marco acquires a gorilla, and then they are discovered. By security by who security. does care. By a security <laughs> officer who does care. So uh-huh. they take off running. Uh, again, down different hallways and such. It worked out the first time. Yes. Why not the second time? Exactly. Um, so Marco and Jake end up, they steal like a golf cart or something. They do. They and steal, like a security cart and Marco's like Tokyo drifting through the hallways. It is. It's not, I'll just say, it's. it starts the series long running gag of Marco driving. Oh god. Marco's a bad driver. And of course, like, throughout it, there's details, like, Marco goes left or right, and Jake goes left, so he turns right. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, things like that. God. And he drives it into a hallway. Apparently, this is also, like, the Willy Wonka factory, because hallways suddenly shrink as they drive down them. Oh, my gosh. So, Marco drives down the hallway until it hits a point where it's too small for them to go anymore, and they just bail out of the golf cart. Right. And at this point, two other security guards are coming at them. Yes. So, they're, like, running around, and there's two doors, and they're like, which one do we go into? And they're like... Ah, this one. They open it. There's a giant rhino. They slam it shut. They're like, screw that. We're not going to deal with the rhino. They open another door into a jungle, and they're like, well, this is probably fine. That's not what they said. <laughs> That's not what they said. They went in there, and they're They did like, not immediately see an animal. They did not immediately see an animal. So, like, well, at least it's not as big as the rhino, I guess. Um, they say, as Jake sits his butt down on top of a Siberian tiger, <laughs> like an idiot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How how did they not get I killed just now? Camouflage. They didn't see the tiger, and the tiger apparently didn't... See them? You care that much? I mean, they're well-fed. They're in a zoo, but... Yeah. You know. I, yeah. I well, we should look up some statistics on how many zoo employees die per year from Siberian tiger attacks. So anyways, he acquires it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> His yes. genius plan. He touches the tiger. He touches the tiger. His genius plan is we're going to make it go into the trance, the acquiring transfer bit, mm-hmm. which, by the way, doesn't always work. I don't know if they know that by now, though. Oh. I think they do. I think they were told it doesn't always happen. Oh. Well, sorry, spoiler. Uh-huh. doesn't always work. Okay. But in this case... In this case, it did. Um... Unfortunately, they did not account for the second tiger. <laughs> so, yes. They run, they jump on some sort of ladder thing in mm-hmm. the rock face, they climb up there, and apparently the tiger, the second tiger's claws, like, he leaps at them and it scrapes, like, right. Barely misses them. Barely misses them. And they make it out alive. And, and they're uh, doing this in front of the entire zoo, like, everyone who's looking into the tiger exhibit, right? Yeah, but they, yeah, and it must be during opening hours because they all got in. Yeah. So, yeah, they're doing this in front of everyone. Yeah. But, you know, they take a lot of, like, throughout book one. They take liberties with 
they take liberties and throughout book one all the kids do stuff that like in my head i'm like no this is the like worst idea you can have so anyways but it turned out okay and then they turned out fine (laughs) yeah they didn't die and they got a tiger morph they got Um, a tiger morph a gorilla morph yep so they made up with the others who just walked around acquiring morphs not running into any trouble yep not having any adventures or doing anything unexpected. <laughs> so they're all fine. Uh, and then Tobias, I believe it's at this point that he makes some comment like, I think my hawk morph will be fine. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Jake's like, well, that's a terrible idea, but whatever, dude. And uh, yeah, they're like, good on you, Tobias. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> Kid likes birds. Kid likes. I understand that. I mean, yeah. I get that. I like birds. But Alex really likes birds. I really like birds. I once did a tally of how many bird morphs I'd have if I were an anamorph. Oh my god. It's like, it's in like the 30s. Oh jeez. I've interacted with a lot of freaking birds. Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, they acquire their morphs. They're all good to go. And this leads me to my first question for you. Okay. Because this is a perfect time. What is your battle morph? Oh, Boy, I'm gonna have to think about that. Um, I mean, I'm, we can revisit this if you want. I mean, I, I, you know, I love wolves. Yes. And a wolf, a wolf's jaws are powerful enough to snap like a moose femur in half or some shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a moose, maybe like a elk or something. But so wolves are pretty badass. Um, you know, they're they're fast. They they can run for long distances. So I'm gonna tentatively say a wolf. Okay. Um, I may change that later. As the series goes on. <laughs> or a harpy eagle. That would be awesome. Oh, that would be awesome. Because they're freaking huge and they eat monkeys. And sloths. And they can dodge through trees. They can. They can hop in flight. They're very cool. They're amazing. And they got those dumb little feathers that stick out of their they heads. They do. They're so cute. They're you so should look adorable. them up. They're, they're like simultaneously cute and badass. You should look them up, audience. If they're you amazing. don't know what they look like. Harpy you. eagle. Yes. Anyway. I think it's H A R P Y. Yes, yes, like like the Greek lady. Yeah, yeah, ladybird. What would your battle morph be? I've literally been struggling struggling with this question for since I thought of it when reading the first book when planning for this podcast. Actually, before I read the first book, when writing down my synopsis of this podcast, <laughs> and I still don't have a good answer for you. I mean... Top three? I could maybe do a top three. I mean, Owl is up there, because let me drop some Owl facts on you right now. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) They do have over 250 pounds of pressure per square inch in their grip. They can carry three times their own body weight in flight. Great horned owl, right? Great horned owl. Okay. I've met an eight-pound great horned owl. She's terrifying. She is terrifying. I've also met this owl. She's terrifying. You have. She's terrifying. So, like, you have some serious firepower there. But there's such disadvantages to being so small. So I also yeah. want to do something huge. But, you know, there's disadvantages to that. I, I thought a hippo would be awesome. Oh, hippos kill more people than lions do, audience. Right? So I was all about the hippo for a while. And, like, you know, they can open their jaws, like, 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. They have, like, freaking huge teeth. They can trample you. They can trample you. Better eyesight than the rhinoceros. Mm. So, and I mean, they, I assume they're also similarly, like, you know, bullet resistant, like the rhinoceros was. So those are my top two. I'm going to hold off on my third one and think about it for a while. Okay. 
I need to struggle with that emotionally for a little cool. while longer. Oh, man. But something with pockets would be cool, like a kangaroo. But, but anyway, no. A kangaroo just pulls out two M16s <laughs> and just like... That's what I really want is to stuff my pouch with weaponry. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I limit myself when I can... Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, no. That's terrible. That's chaos. That is chaos. And, you know... You think kangaroos are super badass, but then you find out that guy who, like, fought, fist-fought that one because it was strangling his dog. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I don't want to be able to be fist-fought by a punched human. it in the face and it was like, what? What? <laughs> and then it ran away. Yeah, but then you see them and they'll, like, take a metal bucket and, like, they just hugs it and crushes it to himself. Oh, and, like, God. so, I mean, kangaroos are terrifying. Adult male kangaroos have, like human like chest muscles and it's really creepy yeah it's distressing they're like a bodybuilder but then they have like a giant butt (laughs) so and then have you seen uh, this this is a weird tangent but um did you see like the tendon structures in their legs oh god no it's really cool like it's like this really long like rubber band structure on the top of their foot so if you imagine where like their long foot that hits the ground is Then the top of it's their knee, or, like, it's, it would be the back of their heel that connects yeah. them to their knee. Yeah. It's like a rubber band in there. So the more they jump, the more energy they have. That's why they Whoa. never get tired of jumping. Ooh. And they never change their rate of jumps per, like, as they're going. Like, so in a minute, they could do, you know, say, I don't know, let's say it takes them 40 hops, 45 hops. But to go faster, they just jump longer distances. That's awesome. Right? So anyways cool things about kangaroos <laughs> and they used their tails to uh, balance while walking they like prop them up kind yeah of. oh man seeing I love a kangaroo kangaroos. walk is a treat it is a treat it's wonderful and i love it when they do like the really slow hops to like investigate stuff and yeah they, yeah Aww. and they got um, little t-rex arms they do have little t-rex with like razor sharp claws Aww. kangaroos are great that reminds me like an uh cassowary would be a great morph too you can like eviscerate a man (laughs) what about a canada goose (laughs) canadian geese are terrifying see but i have no qualms about picking them up like a lot of people are like don't go near that goose and i'm like like when they did i tell you about the people trapped on the parking structure by the canada goose we went to um to this anime not anime, comic book convention, and there was, uh, on top of the parking garage, we're on, like, the top floor, so it's all open, we walked out to get to our car in the parking lot, and I was with David, and there was these people that were trying to get into their car, but there was a goose in the way that kept walking at them, and they would not go near it. They're like, oh my god, there's this goose, so, like, they kept backing off and, like, freaking out, and I, I just saw them, like, watch them for, like, a full minute, minute and a half, and then I went over there and I just said, let me help you. And I just like walked towards the goose and I put my arms out like I do. I did my goose waddle at him and we walked away together oh. gently. And these people were like, thank you. <laughs> we oh were god. trapped. Oh my god. <laughs> so like, that would work. <laughs> okay, we need to go to New Zealand. Um, those, what are they called? Those parrots there? The ones that you can't touch, but they destroy absolutely everything. The kakapos? No, they're not kakapos. They're, ah. Oh. They're, they're like cockapos, but they're more common. Are those the ones that, like, chew your windshield yeah, they Yeah, like, they, like, rip up your car, and you can't touch them because they're protected. I want to see you, like, like convince one to leave. What if I just walked away, like, with my arms out, and a whole herd of them followed me? Oh, my God. Because they like can't penguins. fly, right? That's no, they can't. Tra- oh, okay. Then it would be a flock. They would follow me. Yeah. 
I would oh, leave them. That'd be great. I'm still thinking cockapos. That's my problem. I mean, they look like cockapos. I thought they're they're like they're, the tiny they're ones. They're Kias right? or whatever. I think they're called Kias. Kias? Okay. Let's look. like the car. We'll look. <laughs> like the car. <laughs> what but if like... I just walked away and thousands of Kias <laughs> followed me? <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Kia. <laughs> <laughs> they're not a real sponsor. That's a lie. Uh, I'm actually gonna look that up real quick. Okay, good. So if you want to start on the next part, I will. will you know what? That's probably a great idea because we've gotten really off topic right now. So um, they get their at least their initial battle morphs, not their ending battle. Okay, yes. they are called. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. They are called. Do it. They're called Kias, K E A, and and they're kind of adorable, but they have like oh yeah, they have like can opener beaks. They do. They have like r- weird parrot raptor beaks. I'd pick them up. They'd be like, you're under arrest. And I'd be like, but look how cute it is. <laughs> and then they'd probably chew my handcuffs off because we're in cahoots. Probably. Yes. This is how I imagine this going. They're very smart. Yeah. They're probably smarter than me. I mean, most birds are very smart. Anyway. That's true. That is true. Anyway. <laughs> so now. They have their they, battle morphs. They have battle morphs. Um, they do not call out Cassie's battle morph at this point, do they? No. No, we don't know what Cassie acquired. That's right. It's a mystery for now. It is a mystery. We don't even know what Rachel acquired, but we'll soon find out. So uh, they get their battle morphs, and the reason that um, they do this like really quick go to the gardens now and get this is because they find out that Tom is his yerk has to feed that night. So like, mm-hmm. let's get firepower and get to the yerk pool tonight. Right, because the so... yerks have to feed on Kendra and Ray's every three days. Mm-hmm. And that's like their limit. Like, I yeah. think they try to go sooner than that. But, yeah. 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 So they have to save Tom, because it's Jake's brother. Jake's yeah. brother. Older yeah. brother. His <laughs> little brother. Louis's little brother. <laughs> Jake's little brother. Anyway. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, the, the next note I have, I only know what happens next because of this note, which um, I'm going to say, it's another thing I'm going to say now. Keep it in mind for book, I believe, 14. It's... It, or after 14. It's the first megamorphs of the series okay. in the time of the dinosaurs. Just mm-hmm. keep this in your mind. Broccoli in book one. Trace, mineral, trace minerals you can't get anywhere else. Just keep that note in mind. Oh my God. Jake's mom says it to him. Oh boy. It's called out that she's a writer and she hates TV also in here, which I think yeah. is a common... Hating technology is kind of a common thing in, in these books, which is really funny. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So anyways... Broccoli. Broccoli. That's a thing. Keep that in mind. And then when we get to that book, you'll be like, oh my god, you've been saying this to me for 10 years now. And then you're going to be horrified. And you'll be like, this is why you say these stupid things to me? Anyways, we'll leave that foreshadowing here. Um, so they're having dinner at their house. His Jake's mom brings up Jake's, broccoli. Yeah. They go to the yerk pool. That yes. was a very unimportant detail that I made a lot of noise about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... They come together at the school. They're breaking into the yerk pool. Cassie is not there. Jake is pissed. But the reason Cassie's not there is because idiot Cassie has run in number three with the cop. Oh. She was being stupid. Ran into the cop. What was she doing again? I forgot. I don't know that they ever tell us what she was doing other than just being around the school. They probably mention it, but oh. it's, like, an off-the-cuff. Wait, so, like, maybe she got there before everyone else did, and maybe he, like, saw her and grabbed her? Yeah, he thought she was, like, sneaking around suspiciously. Oh, my God. And, like, you know, third time's a charm, so he's like, you're coming with me. And um, Jake has these moments of 
this is bad uh, starts talking about how all of his instincts are screaming that this is a terrible bad idea and they shouldn't go down there and this is again one of those instances of Jake ignoring his instincts and things going to shit it happens it's a terrible idea um, and as they're sitting there realizing everything's going to shit Jake's pissed because Cassie's not there she gets dragged by by the cop the cop. The cop. Same cop. The controller cop. The reoccurring cop character. The reoccurring cop character who's clearly a capital C controller. So he drags her down to the yerk pool. And now it's like, if their plan was bad before, now it's gone to shit and was a bad plan. It's doubly bad. So uh, they just go to the yerk pool. Yeah, they Leroy Jenkins it. <laughs> they just Leroy run in there. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> That's actually a much better way to think about it than they just wander in. They Leroy Jenkins it. Yep. And they go down. They're like, well, there's a bunch of people there. They can't know all the controllers by sight. Let's go. That's true. They don't exactly, like, run in there, like, screaming. They, <laughs> they, I mean, they walk in very noticeably, but they're not, like, drawing attention to themselves. Right. And this was before the, like, well, the, the York Pool doesn't have any sort of, like, safety measures at this point. I think we're under the impression that the York Pool is still under construction. Because once they get down there, there's a bunch of, like, earth movers and things. And it's it's problematic. There's so, construction. Sorry, I'm eating cookie dough. <laughs> I've never heard the term earth mover before. You are not the first person to say that about Animorphs. Okay, I don't know if that's, like, a regional thing. Like, a bubbler versus a water fountain or, like, what the deal is. But... I was like, what the fuck is an earth mover? Is that an earthbender? Like, see, I'd heard that before, but I don't know. From Animorphs? It might have been from Animorphs. That's the problem. Like, I started reading them so young, I don't know that, like, I have the memory to be like, well, six-year-old me didn't know what an earth mover was, but seven-year-old me sure did. Sure. So, but, like, it was descriptive enough that I got it. Maybe she just didn't want to, like, call out brands, like, Caterpillar. (laughs) She can make all sorts of 90s references, but <laughs> she can't call out. She can't call out brands. Maybe she would, like, oh, well, if I say it's a caterpillar, it'll confuse them because these kids think that it's all about animals. But instead, we're talking about a large caterpillar. And they'll be like, well, where's the giant caterpillar from? Outer space? Um, also, I don't know any other brands of construction equipment. I... Actually, don't either. I've just heard cat before, but I'm pretty sure it's short for caterpillar. I'm pretty sure it is, too. And, like, the only other one I know off the top of my head was a crane, which, again, is confusing because it's an animal. (laughs) Look, it's a crane! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So, yeah. So they go and find the earth movers. I don't know any other names for them now. I'd steamroller, but that wouldn't be at a yerk pool. It's got to be a digger, right? Uh, yeah... Construction equipment. Diggers. Large <laughs> construction equipment. Large construction equipment. And so they're down there um, hiding behind stuff, like a pile of dirt. In and barrels. In, ba- in barrels. Under crates. <laughs> Under- like solid snake. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> There's probably a forklift down there. She could have said forklift. Oh, yeah. 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 She didn't think of that. We did. We're, we're on it. <laughs> if you want to know what you need to build a yerk pool, we're going to come up with a list of construction equipment oh my for gosh. you. Okay. And they're digging pools, so there's got to be like some sort of concrete mixer down there for sure. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. Because they, I mean, I she kind of references, I guess, that it's just built into the dirt. That's how I imagine it, like a rocky, see, craggy. And see, I did imagine it like, like poured into like an immaculate thing of like concrete, like being a very really? industrial kind of like... I don't know, Hoover See, Dam situation. When they were giving me the whole, like, 
steel platform thing. I imagined it was a steel platform outside of, like, this very, like, um, evil-looking, like, red, rocky, craggy surface that they poured that molten lead metal water into. Oh, that's right. Like, that's... But that could just be, like, the illustrator in my head being like, this is how I would show evil. Yeah. But I'm also thinking, like, liquid would be absorbed into the soil, It would, and they are an advanced alien species, so it makes sense that they'd have, like, concrete. I, you know. (laughs) But maybe concrete is, like, a human thing, and they weren't here long enough to learn about No, that's their whole thing, though, because they take controllers, they learn, and they assimilate. That would make total sense. okay. You make way more sense than I do. Holy shit, well... (laughs) <laughs> I'm just like I'm just painting a, a, a mental picture for I you. Am. I am. See, I was going with that like hell picture because like everything is like red light and smoke yeah. and steam yeah. and steel and craggy rocks and, and hell and hell and like you're like, yeah, they built like normal friggin' people building a pool, <laughs> which makes total sense because. Well, yeah, and honestly, I'm picturing like kind of a shanty town under there. Like, there's just fucking like ratchet buildings made of like steel plates and stuff and like wood and and there's just these they're kind of assimilated around these big pool i don't know like but i'm, I'm really i'm just picturing like a shanty town that makes way more sense because i was just picturing that craggy pool and then stripper cages where they kept the people in <laughs> stripper, <laughs> stripper cages. cages like just loose like non-topped stripper cages yeah which <laughs> i guess i was picturing like the 90s cartoon version of like <laughs> Because, you know, they'd get those cages and, like, they'd always suspend the good guys in them above. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, what I was... Yeah, like, crocodiles in it. Exactly. Gotcha. Like, the rescuers down under. (laughs) Never mind. Anyways, you you make way more sense. Maybe maybe they were hanging the cages from the earth movers. Oh! Like, in the rescuers down under. Oh, and that's why they needed the cranes that we couldn't name, so it'd be confusing. They'd think there was birds. Yes. Which, speaking of birds flying around down there, Tobias is flying around down there completely undetected? Yeah! It's not really common to find birds underground. No, but he did it, and they're like, this is fine. And also, when they were going down the stairs, what was he doing? (laughs) I'm just picturing him, like, as a hawk, like, walking down the stairs. (laughs) That's kind of what I... Like, because, you know, like, birds, when they hop down the stairs one at a time, they just... Well, I don't know how many people would have seen this, but I, I have a lot of birds. And when they go downstairs without flying, they hop one at a time. Yeah. It's literally like, dunk, dunk. So I'm imagining, like, them, like, walking down the stairs, and then Tobias and his little hawk mort, like, one step at a time, dunk, dunk, dunk. Anyways. But can raptors spread their feet flat, like? Yes, they can. Okay, They okay. can stand on the ground like that. And especially okay. if we're going to get really nerdy here... Speaking of great horned owls, they have those zygodactyl feet, so they oh, can yeah, spread yeah, them yeah. forward and backwards, too. But hawks don't. They're just... Yeah, they're just three in front, one in front. Three in front, one in the back. I don't know what that's called. I can't probably try Ornithology. Again. Yeah, ornithology. Anyway. It's been a while since I've looked that up. Well, and Tobias flying around down there, he was also, when they went to the sharing, that was that took place at night, I believe, and he yes. was flying around at night. And it's like hawks don't, don't do, that. do that. And they do mention that hawk eyesight isn't great at night. But, like, legitimately, they cannot see. Yeah. Like, they, there's, the way their eye is shaped, the way it catches the light, it's shaped like a pear. They don't have a lot of, uh, all their sight is focused on distance and color and detail. It is not focused on light and dark. Like, if we're getting nerdy. I mean, we're, (laughs) we're just calling out little, you know. Yeah, the details. And again, as the series goes on, some of it gets better. Some of it's like you're reading a book and you've got to, like, bow down a little because, sure. you know, yeah, things have to move forward plot-wise that 
you know. Yeah, and, like, honestly, I kind of believe that maybe they weren't super careful in the beginning about, like, oh, there's a hawk flying around at night. Hawks wouldn't do that. Like, I know that they learn from this, like, and I know that everyone except Cassie is not super knowledgeable about animal behavior. So, like, I can believe that they kind of made these kind of, like, juvenile mistakes. Yeah, and they're, like, 12. And they're 12. (laughs) They're 12-year-old kids. Yeah. So, like, I, I can buy that. It's just me and you as, like, animal enthusiasts that are like, that would never work. Right. right. And the, the funny thing is, though, is, like, part of the reason, at least I can say for sure in my case, part of the reason I am such an animal enthusiast is because, because of these of books. Animals, yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> and that being said, they're always discovering new things every day yep. and facts change yep. and blah, yes, blah, blah. So, you know, you can't be that mad. But yeah, speaking of not being careful at all, like, the other things they do down here is they morph and they rip out of their clothes. Like, they don't break into the the yerk pool in their morphing. They have their morphing outfits on underneath, but they morph out of their clothes and leave shredded clothes in the yerk pool. Huh. I didn't think about that. And, not to skip too far ahead, but when Rachel's escaping the yerk pool, she's demorphing as she's walking up the stairs. With Visor 3 in hot pursuit and a bunch of people oh my God. around. Yeah. Like, they were not careful. And their entire plan was, let's walk in there and see what happens. Yeah. They're not careful. I mean, they're... Kids. I mean, they're 12. They're 12. <laughs> this is their first, like... This is... Yeah, this is their gig, first mission. Like, yeah. And they don't have backup from anyone. They don't have any outside knowledge at this point, which they gain throughout the series, but, like, at this point, it's literally, they're like, all we know is what Elfanger told us before he died. Yeah. And that is it. Yeah. So, they went in to be a recon mission, and it went horribly wrong. And all they try to do for a long time is recon, and it just always goes horribly. Everything goes wrong for these kids. Yep. Oh, jeez. So... Um, another, uh, scary moment in the first book is Marco makes Jake swear that, uh, if a yerk ever gets into Marco's head, that Jake murders him. That is some fucking, like, Firefly Reaver shit. You know? I never thought of it. Like, I, I mean... Immediately when I read that, I was like, Reaver! Like, Mal, don't let him take me! I was like, oh shit! That's, that is a Mal, don't let him take me moment! It is! Oh, oh my god! God, oh, I'm geez. significantly more scared of Reavers than Yurks, so. though. Well, that's but. because, you know, Visor 3 is kind of like a, a, a character. Campy, he's a like, campy character. Yeah. He's not like, you know. He's like, you fools! They'll kill you, they'll rape you, and they'll eat you, and hopefully in that order. That's yeah. not Visor 3. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, it's something. I mean, he'll turn is. into a giant, you know, alien and eat you alive. He will but, eat you, yeah, but yeah. he eats you alive. He's got like a third of. No, two-thirds of that going on. Yeah, he's got two-thirds on there. Anyway. But he doesn't... Anyways. Sorry, we're <laughs> going right. to a horrible <laughs> tangent. <laughs> that was a horrible tangent. Um, but so, you're right, that is a scary kind of moment. Yeah, it And was that's a very, really, like, intense thing for a 12-year-old to say to another 12-year-old. It is. And that's, I think, the first time... It, star- it starts right away in book two. They start mentioning this. But in book one, this is the first time that it's really, like... Being enslaved in your own head could be worse than death. Mm-hmm. Like, this could yeah. be the worst thing ever. Yeah, because they, um, well, like, down there, they see, like, Yerks being put into and extracted out of hosts' heads, mm-hmm. and they see kind of the, the change in the hosts, you know, the 
what was it like they took it out of a woman's head and she's like screaming like no yeah. don't put it back in my head like don't do this exactly and then that's when uh jake asked tobias do you see tom and he goes yeah and he he needed to know that he wasn't a voluntary controller mm-hmm. and according to rachel the voluntary controllers are even worse she's like you're a betrayer you're scum like yeah. that's she's right yeah. I, in my opinion I mean, she's right <laughs> But um, at the same time, like, you know, it, it's scary. And then Jake was, of course, relieved to know that Tom was fighting them. Right. And that's probably, I mean, that's that's the Tom's character right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's like Jake. And yeah. Tom is like what Jake would have been with a yerk in his head. Yeah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sigh in unison. I know. We're just so stressed about this. Oh my gosh. So, um, anyways, they, they're going to get Cassie, because she's about to be shoved into the yerk pool, mm-hmm. and not only is this, their friend's about to be turned into this horrific thing, but this is, I think, when they start to get that instinct for, if she is caught, we are screwed. Yeah. Things will go bad. Yeah. So, they're willing to do, um, take a lot of risks that they wouldn't have taken, because mm-hmm. they don't, Cassie just can't be yeah. taken their families will be just murdered and things and it'll be bad bad news so they start morphing and this is where we find out rachel's first battle morph which is amazing which is amazing she turns into a giant elephant yes which is incredible so rachel is a tank she is a tank and I always love, like, with her descriptions of elephants. Of course, it changes, like, what they talk about when she's morphing. But my favorite times are the times that her hair morphs last. So she's yeah. just a giant <laughs> elephant with, like, blonde, blonde hair. hair. <laughs> Those are the best. Oh, my gosh. So that's amazing. I always love it when that happens. Um, so. So Rachel morphs into an elephant and starts just, like, mowing people down. Uh, left and right. Left yes. and right. Uh, Jake does his tiger morph. And Marco does his gorilla morph, and he's just, like, punching people in the face. He is. And this is, um, the first time they kill is Rachel. She kills a taxon. She tears it to pieces and, like, tramples it. Yes. Which is pretty interesting. And true to character. Hmm? So she, uh, she murders the taxon, and they're fighting, and Rachel's throwing people, and Marco's punching people, and Jake's got his tiger thing going, and... Uh, Tobias even joins the fight after a little while, um, and Visor 3 comes out of nowhere. <laughs> right. The big <laughs> boss is there. The big boss. He, oh, he's always there. So he, uh, he stumbles out. He turns into a giant eight-headed creature that shoots fireballs. And, uh, the first thing he does is shoot fireballs at them, hit a woman who's just been freed from yep. the cages, yep. and, uh, burns her alive. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, uh, no big deal. Yeah, I'll I'll backtrack a little bit and say that what happened with Cassie was that Jake was about to. Um, oh, that's that's another big plot point. So um, Cassie's about to get her head dipped in the pool by Horkbajer. Tobias comes down, rakes the Horkbajer's eyes out, which yeah. is his go-to move. And um, <laughs> go for the eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And so she gets free and runs away. And Jake has this moment um, right before that where uh, Tom gets freed from the cage. I think it's Marco that lets him out. Yeah. So uh, Tom is out of there. Marco's freeing people. And Jake can choose to go to Tom or choose to go to Cassie, who's about to get her head dipped into the pool. And he says in the books that he often thinks back to that and has that moment of, like, did I do the right thing? Oh, shit. But he totally did, because if Cassie had have gotten a yerk in her head, they'd all be screwed, and it doesn't matter. Like, I don't even know why he's contemplating this. Yeah. But he Um, did. Yeah. He had that moment. But, uh, yeah. And then, so, they start... F- yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm just like... I was just, just like that. I was like, I, there's such gravity, I need to think about it for yeah. a Um, so that's a, that's, that's a thing. And, um, so, they free a bunch of people, and they free a bunch of, like, Horpager, too, right? Like... I think so, yeah. I think they just start opening cages yeah. at random. Because, like, all the taxons are voluntary hosts, correct? Yes. And that yeah, and the Harpager yes. are not all voluntary. Um, so right, they're all slaves. They're, I don't think any. Well, the, the, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they Cassie morphs into her horse yeah. form at that point, and she's, in the middle of a crowd. In the middle of a crowd, she like picks up a couple people on her back, and they all start running towards the stairs. And Visser Three is like again shooting fireballs at everybody and yeah. everything. That's when he nails the the. Uh, second rider on Cassie. Yeah. And she's the one that burns alive. Yeah. So they're they're all trying to get up the stairs and, like, Rachel is morphing from her elephant form into her human form while she's climbing the stairs, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure how that works. I don't... And I don't know why she couldn't climb the stairs as an elephant. Like, I feel like it's possible. It, I mean, I guess yeah. it depends on stair height. Stair. I'm imagining, like, again, a really craggy, like, low-cut stair. Oh, see, I was picturing, I, again, I was you picturing, like, right. steel stairs, but not very well-reinforced, like it could snap off at any minute. Oh. like. See, I was imagining going up, like, this um, almost rocky corridor, so it was, that, like... Yeah. And that's why Visor 3, like, couldn't see them as they were running, because it wasn't, gotcha. like, an open stairwell, like, zigzagging up to the... Sure, sure. So that was why I was like, oh, yeah, she can get away and kind of be out of sight. Okay. But again, this is... <laughs> We have very different pictures of the year. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Yours is way more accurate, I feel. Nah. Um, so, yeah, they're they're trying to run away, and Visser 3 is just, like, yeah, being fireball. crazy. <laughs> and he's giving his, like, speech, which yeah. cracked me up because, oh. yeah. One, I think one thing we didn't mention is that Visser 3 is under the impression that he knows that there are people that are morphing, but he mm-hmm. thinks they're Andalites. He does not know they are human, and that seems important. It well, it it is because that's their cover. Because yeah. if he knew it was humans, yeah. then they'd figure out really quickly who it was. Yeah. So they want to keep them thinking they're Andalite bandits for as long yes. as possible. So yeah, he's like yelling like, "I'm gonna get you, Andalites! I'm gonna kill you all!" Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Which is really funny because, like, right before this, when Rachel was throwing Horkbajur around, she was like, I will crush you, you puny things. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. She's, like, on a power trip. She is. She's, like, she and Visitor 3 have these moments of, like, haha, you idiots. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> which cracks me up. Yeah. But, yeah, he thinks they're Andalite bandits, so he's, like, screaming up after them. Which is why I'm, like, why are you leaving shredded clothing and morphing mm. right in front of them and in crowds? Yeah. I'm, like, if anyone sees you and says something to Visitor 3, which is a whole other can of worms. Like, they they'll just, they'll know. They'll be in trouble. Also, did kids not carry, like, wallets around with them? Probably not in middle school. Did you carry a wallet in middle school? I 
don't. Yeah, probably not. I didn't have any money. Well, I didn't have any money either. It's like you don't need an ID when you're 12. Well, we had to wear it on a lanyard so they could immediately oh, ID true. us. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to think about, like, if Jake, like, stuck his wallet in his pocket and then, like, shredded With out of chain, his clothes. right? Yeah, chain wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you'd keep your, like, what? You wouldn't have any money. You'd have, like, your gift card for your one store that you got for your birthday. Abercrombie and Fitch. Abercrombie. Uh, Rachel has a credit card, though, in here. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> we're, we're just like staring at each other and pointing <laughs> for no reason i don't know why that was like an epic oh moment for us anyway i was gonna say something else but i'm not going to so anyways a lot of people die a lot of hork get crushed a taxon gets crushed yeah shit's gone it's, bad it's calamity it's it is calamity and bloodshed and death but it gave us a really good glimpse into what they have to face mm-hmm. so and they did save one person they, sa- they saved one person who, like, was like, I'm out. Yeah. I just won't. Do we ever hear from that person? Never again. Okay. She disappears into the mist. She's not and like. And she's like, I just won't tell. And they're like, pinky promise? Cool. Oh. Is. Okay. I didn't know if it was like, they, like, this herd of random wild animals, like, gets her out of there, drops no, her off. No, they're demorphed like, by the time they get to the top of the stairs. Oh, that's right. And she just, like, walks away oh my gosh and it, they they made some comment like cassie says something like oh the cop won't be a problem anymore and then the lady's like i need to get away from all of this i'm out forever. oh i do not remember that it, it was really off the cuff like it was one of those like okay. one sentence dismissals of all of this like okay. don't worry about them that's hmm. i know i guess if i was a writer i would choose to like bring that person in again somehow because that's a pretty like there's so much going on, though. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's possible, like, you know, when you suffer a traumatic experience, like, sometimes you experience, like, you can't remember all of it. Right, so, you get, like, you disassociative yeah, and memory loss. Yeah, so, yeah. like, maybe that happened. I don't know. In yeah. any case, she's unimportant. She's unimportant. She's gone. Yeah, she's okay. You don't know how I hard think. it was not to say there's a million things I haven't done after you said she's unimportant. No. <laughs> it's not a Hamilton podcast. <laughs> Just you wait. No. <laughs> Anyways. Mm. Um, right. So, uh, they all leave, and in a rare oversight from Jake, he does not check his team. And I think this moment... Ooh, yeah. He doesn't check his team, they leave, they don't see Tobias, and they all just go home and go to bed. And I think that this moment is what immediately stops Jake from, from doing this. And, um, Tobias shows up later in the morning... He knocks on his window. He's a bird knocking on his window. He lets him into the room. And Jake's like, dude, you can have the bed. I'm so tired. I can sleep on a bed of nails. And Tobias is like, yeah, no. And uh, Jake's like, demorph. And he's like, yeah, I stayed over two hours. And that's where we get um, our first, I, I wrote soft casualty. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Mm. This was as close as we could get in the first book to taking someone's life without actually killing off one of the main characters in the very first book of the series. Yeah. So. It's it's a punch, for sure. It's a punch. Jake starts crying, and now one of their team members is a hawk. So it's four normal kids, 12 years old, and a bird against an entire alien invasion. Yeah. The end! The end! Yay! That's book one! Everyone starts crying and we call it a day. Oh my god. Yes, there's tears streaming down Jake's face and we're like, out! 
These are kids' books. These are children's books. Oh I have that God. written somewhere right around here. These are children's books. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So that was a hell of a first book. Um, that kind of probably sets the tone for the rest of the series. Very pleasant, upbeat. Yeah. Lots of snapping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So. I just want to say this is the end of Tobias's soulful eyes. Oh, now he's just got fierce, intense, a fierce, scary intense looking gaze. eyes. And a beautiful red tail. Hawk. A hawk. But you love red tails. I do. Did I tell you about the hawk I named Tobias? No. The lady brought it in. She's like, I have a baby red tail. This was another rehabber that brought it in. So we're like, yeah, we will believe you. Like, you're another rehabber. So we started, like, introducing him to some of the red tails we have. And, like, we kept saying, man, this baby does not look like a red tail. And it turned out he was a Cooper's hawk. And I'm like, well, I named him Tobias. And he changed. (laughs) So... Yay. Um, Hashtag be, rehabber screw-ups. <laughs> that'd be funny if he turned into a uh, Harris Hawk. That would be turned out to be oh, a Harris Oh, I would have been so mad. Oh, my God. I would have immediately been like, screw this, I'm out. <laughs> Not table. because I hate Harris Hawks, just because of the TV show. Yeah. I love Harris Hawks. I yeah. just can't believe that TV show. Yeah. Anyways. Tobias is a Harris Hawk in the TV show. It's and very, it's very annoying. obvious, yeah. It's very obvious. It's very, yeah. So annoying. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. So that's book one. That's book one. We end on tears. Hooray. Hooray. How exciting for all of us. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. That was intense. That was, uh, we're approaching our two-hour time limit, so we better get out. (laughs) Um, Do we have any additional thoughts or feelings or questions or? I don't, I feel like I asked them all to you during this time. Yeah. Like, I was trying to save my questions to the end, but... Oh, I but, was rude and interrupted. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm excited to see what book two has in store. Me too. Yay. And it's Rachel! Rachel! Which, I'm not going to say she's my favorite, because I have two favorites, as I've made abundantly clear. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm going to make a true effort. I, I do like Cassie. I do like her. I'm interested. I just get so mad at her as the series goes on. But I, the last read, I came into this being like, I'm going to like Cassie, and I really did for a long time. And then I hit a book, and I'm like, you, Cassie. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> who's your favorite character so far? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's too soon to tell. I do okay. like Rachel. Um, I like her because she's very different from me I think like I fi- I feel like if I were to pick a character I am most like I would probably say Marco I'm very into like self-preservation and kind of like for the most part seeing the humor in things um but I like it that said I really admire Rachel and her feminist go-to attitude her badassery yeah <laughs> she's a freaking knight in shining armor she's so badass <gasps> she's an Amazon queen she's an Amazon queen anyway I know who your favorites are. I know. <laughs> I'm so obvious. Nah. My bad, yo. My bad. All right. Well, I guess that is that then. That's that. We'll wrap it up. See you next time. Same bad time. Same bad place. Nineties <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> references. Well, Actually, no, 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 no. Eighties, right? Yeah. Oh. 70s? When did Batman happen? 60s? 
He's old. Oh, that is true. He's freaking old. It was back when running with a bomb above your head was acceptable. Oh, yeah. Adam West Batman. That was definitely, like, 60s. 60s? Yeah, I think so. All right. 60s reference. Hooray! We've hit, We've what, all three over the decades? World. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait. And we made Hamilton. Four decades? Oh, my God. We're out of control. References. References. Don't sue us. All right. We're getting out of here before our two-hour time We're going to go have sushi burritos. Yay! Yay! Okay, bye! Bye!